Testing one, two. Can you hear me? All right, here we go. So, so I'd have to be careful because they said Jason tore up my stand last week. Is that true? <laughs> I'd check on him on that one. Patty come home and told me that, so I had to go back and watch it online just so I could see it. <laughs> so last Sunday night, I was sitting there at the house. I'm thinking, yep, there it is. But normal to the rescue. Is that what it was? <laughs> All right. Well, let's, let's get into the, our study this evening. So, um, you know, how, how you study the Word, uh, you got actually develop your own plan, your own way that's comfortable for you. There's some recommendations that you could use to, to study, to get in God's Word, but pretty much you got to develop your own, whatever's comfortable for you, whatever you like to do, whatever fits into your schedule, but certainly you want to fit it into your schedule. And so there's a couple of things that I do in the morning time and, and a couple of devotions that I do, and I also get, oh, I get an email from one of my professors every day. Now, he emails me at 3 o'clock in the morning. I can't read it that early, but he does send me something each and every day, even on Sunday mornings. The Sunday morning email is targeting what you're going to do in the pulpit that Sunday. It's very inspirational. He's, he's, a, he's a really good, smart guy. He's also bivocational. He's a seminary professor, but a, a pastor as well, so he has firsthand knowledge on what's about to take place. And so he sends me things along to, to spark your, uh, not curiosity, but to get you looking at things. And, and this is something that he had sent me uh, a couple weeks ago just to, to think about. Uh, and some, so I've been working on this for since he sent me a little uh, nudge on it. And so this is something I want to share with you tonight. And basically it's 10 reasons we need to read the Bible every day. Ten reasons. Now, they could be a hundred reasons, okay? But we're going to focus on ten tonight along with some scripture that support that. And so these ten reasons are, are very pointed, okay? And so what I want to share, we're going to kind of make some identifications with them. And I gave you all ten of them. And then I just gave you a few little nuggets of information with them. And I'm going to expand on that. And then I gave you some scripture that we're going to look at that points to some things we always want to be remembered. So let's look at them together. Ten reasons that we need to read the Bible every day. And you know how important reading God's Word is. I mean, it is super important. It's how God speaks to us. It's how He ministers to us, how He guides us, how He directs us, uh, how He grows us closer to Him. And so that's very important. But let's look at these ten reasons together. One, we need nourishment every day. And if I backed up and said, and if we took that out of, not out of context, but if we took it out and looked at it from a, a human standpoint, we need nourishment every day, especially on third Sunday, Right? Huh? Work with me here, Greg. We need nourishment every day. This morning, we sat down to breakfast together. You know, we had lunch when you went home. You're going to, if you haven't already had your evening meal, you're going to have something when you get back. Might even have a snack before you go to bed. But all that is so that you have nourishment, right? Your body needs nourishment. You got to grow. You got to be healthy. One, you want to stay healthy. You got to do a lot of things. But we need nourishment every day. Our bodies need physical food on a regular daily basis so that we can have physical growth and development. All right, so that's pretty, pretty simple. Once our body has done all the growth that it's going to do, we need physical food to maintain a healthy body. So, so when you're young and growing, you've you know, got to eat your vegetables. That's what you tell all your children. Make sure you eat your vegetables. Make sure you do nothing because you want to grow up to be healthy. Y'all ever used that phrase before? Yes or no? Yeah, you want to grow up to be healthy. All right? And so the same thing, once you grow up and you're through growing anymore, then you want to eat to maintain your health. And so now it comes to a point where 
don't eat too much sugar, don't, you know, drink more water. All these things are things to keep you healthy, right? Same thing. We're going to look a little look. A healthy body functions the way it was created to do when you maintain the healthy body. Now, if we skip a meal or two, most people can tell it. You skip a meal, most people tell. Some people say, "Well, I don't eat breakfast or I don't eat supper." I, you know, but you, most people can tell if they skip a meal that they normally would eat. And then if you go 24 hours without eating, you really know it, right? Now, most of the time when we go 24 hours without eating or, or a good period of time without eating, it's because of what? We don't feel good. We're sick. You, we're having some kind of issues with our body that's not working right, and so we don't eat. Why, why are you smiling, Carol? What's up with that? Carol's crying, not just smiling. <laughs> Hangry when she don't eat. Oh, my goodness. Maybe I should skip this and move on. Most of the time, it's because we're sick or we're in too big of a hurry to slow down and eat. We got too much going on, wrapped up in something that we think is more important than stopping to eat. So all these are things that we're looking at. We often use the concept and say, I'll get something a little bit later. All right? I'm not hungry right now. Hungry. Hungry right now or hangry right now. Huh? Hungry. All right, so let's look at this. Spiritual food is no different than physical food. We should not go a day without it. The Bible is very clear that the, that the Word of God is, and this is on your 19, Psalm 19.10. Look at with me this way. The Bible is very clear that the Word of God is what? Sweeter than honey dripping from the honeycomb. The Word of God is sweeter. And that's what I told you this morning. The closer you get to God, the sweeter it gets. But the word of God is sweeter than honey dripping from honeycomb. And that's pretty sweet. Amen? To me, honey's sweeter than sugar. I put honey in my coffee every morning because I like the way it tastes. Honey, sweeter than honey dripping from the honeycomb. Psalm 19.10. Well, going in, in 1 Peter uh, 2.2 says, and we need nutrition every day. So let me read that together. Let's look at this one. Like newborn infants desire pure milk of the word so that by it you may grow up into your salvation. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to grow uh, and, and get salvation strictly from the word of God because we know how you gain salvation, but it's all part part of growth and getting closer to Jesus Christ. It's part of growth and getting closer to God the Father. It's part of growth and getting closer to other Christians. And so that's important, all right? 1 Peter 2, 2. Now, goes on to look at some things. Yesterday's reading is not enough to carry us through another day. And that's when he said, well, carry, how, what do you mean by that? Because God's word should sustain me, right? Yesterday's reading is not enough to carry us through another day now, that same reading could be enough because of how powerful it is. But when you read it yesterday, that was for yesterday. And let's look a little bit further. Let me get some clarification on that. We need to reload of nutrition and recharge in our battery. No different than yesterday's lunch is not going to carry me through today. Yesterday's breakfast is not going to carry me through today. All the things that, that I consume today from a nutritional standpoint are not going to be enough to get me through tomorrow. Okay, And it's the same thing about the Word of God. We want to be in it each and every day. Now, to have an appetite, all right, just like we have an appetite and desire to eat, we need to have an appetite and desire to be in God's Word. To have an appetite for God's Word is the mark of a healthy Christian and a healthy church. And that's the mark of it. We have to have a passion for it. We have to have a desire for it. We have to want to be in God's Word 
on a regular basis, okay? So, so, so whether that's Sunday morning, I have a desire that I want to be in church on Sunday morning, or I want to be in a small group on, on Monday afternoon or Tuesday afternoon, I want to be in a, a Bible study on Wednesday or whatever, your daily issues, we've got to have a passion and a desire to be in God's Word on a regular basis. That was number one, all right? We, we need nutrition and nourishment every single day. Now, let's look at number two. Satan attacks us every day. He didn't just attack us on one day a week. So, so if he just attacked us one day a week, that would be a different story. Maybe you only need uh, to, to get into the Word. But Satan attacks us every day. Satan is looking for an angle, looking for an opening on you every single day, 24-7. I mean, he is watching for that entry point every single day. He taxes every day. He doesn't say something like this, and I put this on your thing. You know, you haven't read the Bible today, so I'll just back off since you don't have the sword of the Spirit to use on me today. And that's what we got to have. We need the sword of the Spirit, all right? Ephesians six seventeen. This is important, all right? Ephesians six seventeen. Take the helmet of salvation, which is very important, talks about the mind, all right? Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the what? Word of God, the sword of the Spirit, sharper than a double-edged sword, all right? The sword of the Spirit. Who, who can't handle the sword of the Spirit? That's Satan himself. All right? If you use it on him, he can't handle it. We're going to get a little further in just a second and talk about Jesus in the wilderness. That's exactly what he used on Satan. He cannot respond to it. All right? Satan wants to attack your mind. All right? He wants to get into your mind. This is the same thing that he did to Eve in the Garden of Eden. He got into her mind. That's where he's entry, that was his entry point, into her mind. All right? He manipulated her. He twisted what did God really say. All right? he, he, you got into her mind. And that's what Ephesians 6.17 is talking about. Take the helmet of salvation to protect your what? The mind. All right? All right? The helmet refers to the mind controlled by God, not by anything else, not by worldly issues, not by Satan, not by self, but controlled by God himself. When God controls the mind, Satan cannot lead a believer astray. Man, he can't do it. He, he does not have the ability to lead a person, a believer, astray when they have the mind of God. The only time he has an angle, the only time he has power is when you're not in the Word of God. When, he, when, you're, when you're not close to God, when, even though a believer can have times when they're not in the Word and Satan gets a hold of you and he, he tries to lead you astray, it happens. Man, we have people in the upper tiers of ministry that have fallen because Satan has got into their mind. He found a, an angle and a loophole in, all right? When God controls the mind, Satan can't get in there, all right? We must have the sword ready to use each and every second of the day. Satan is waiting and looking for an opportunity to inject his distractions and his confusions into your day because he is the author of confusion. All right? Are you all tracking with me? All right, we're halfway through the first page, are we? Any questions so far? All right, let's move on. The Christian who studies the Bible and learns the meaning of the Bible's doctrine is not going to be led astray easily. Now... The Bible says in 2 Peter 3.18, we are to grow in grace and in knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Let me ask you something. Have we talked about growing closer to the Lord 
Is that what we're striving for? Is that what our motive is? I know, I know we want to share the gospel, but we want to have relationship. And we have stressed that and talked about that as far as having relationships with each other, relationships with the Father. We want to grow. It's what the Bible says. We are to grow in grace and in our knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what we want to do, all right? Number three, we need to put ourselves under God's teachings every single day. Not just on Sundays, not just Sunday morning or Sunday night or, or Wednesdays. We're to put ourselves under his teachings every day. Every day will bring new challenges, new temptations, new threats to God's word and to his standards. You see that outside, right? The word, let's just take a look outside. I mean, look at, watch the, the news, you know, that you used to could count on, but you can't count on anymore. New threats to God's word, to God's standards each and every day. It's far too easy to listen to the teachings of the world and when we've not put ourselves in a position to hear from the Lord each and every day. So when you're not in God's word, it is easier for the world to try to influence you and try to get you to, to bend toward worldly issues. All right. Now, if we're going to, to navigate this world successfully, we need to be in God's word every day. All right. Number four, temptations return every day. That's number four. This is a good one. And this is a, a, a really long passage, but, but I certainly want to read it anyhow, because it's very important. This is where Jesus gives us a complete example of how to handle temptation. Now, there's only, only uh, a few of these things that are recorded, but he was tempted for 40 days and 40 nights through in the wilderness and, and what we see is him giving a complete example of what we should do when Satan tries to tempt us. Jesus spoke the word when the devil tempted him on the mountain. And the Bible says that the devil left him. This is what's important. The Bible says that, it, that, that Satan left Jesus. But what's the, what's the next couple words in that? But only for what? Only for a while. Only for a short time. He's coming back. He's not going to give up on Jesus because he's failed in the wilderness, Right? He's coming back. He's going to attack him again. He's going to try to trick him again. He's going to be an obstacle for him throughout his ministry. The Bible says he left him after he was defeated, after Jesus repeatedly used God's word and defeated Satan in the wilderness. The Bible says he left him, but it doesn't just say he left him. He says I left him, but only for a while. All right, so that's what's going to happen. When you defeat Satan today, he's coming back tomorrow. He's coming back the next day. He's not going. Just because you defeat him today with the word of God, you were in the word today, and you were studying all day, and, and you prayed hard all day today, and Satan is gone. He's not there because you have defeated him. He's coming back tomorrow because he came back to Jesus. He's certainly coming back to us. Let's read through this together. In Luke 4, 13 verses in Luke 4, it says, Then Jesus left the Jordan full of the Holy Spirit and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness for 40 days to be tempted by the devil he, had, he ate nothing. You think he was hungry, Gray? He ate nothing during those days. And when they were over, he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell this bre uh, bread to become stone. All right? Tell this stone to become bread, vice versa. So let me stop right there just for a second. When you look at that, where Satan says, If you are the Son of God, he's not questioning the fact if you're the Son of God, he knows he's the Son of God. He knows it. It's just more of the fact that since you're the Son of God, all right? But it says if you're the Son of God, but Satan is fully aware of who he's tempting, okay? And he's trying to get him to, to stumble, all right? If you're the Son of God, tell the stone to become bread. 
But Jesus answered him, it is written, man must not live by bread alone. <clears throat> so he took him up and showed him all the kingdom of the world in a moment in time. Then the devil said to him, I will give you their, their splendor and all the, this authority because it is given to me, over to me, and I can give it to anyone I want. <clears throat> if you then will worship me, all will be yours. And Jesus answered him, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. So he took him to Jerusalem, had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, He will give the angels orders charge over you and protect you. So Satan is trying to use Scripture again. Since, he's, since Jesus has been using it on him the whole time, he's going to try to do the exact same thing that he did to Eve in the garden and, and twist it and use Scripture. And they will support you <clears throat> with their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. And Jesus answered him, It is said, Do not test the Lord your God. After the devil had finished with every temptation, he departed for him for a time. All right? Now, in the temptation of Satan placed on Jesus, Jesus exposed the tactics of the enemy. So, so what we see is the example of Jesus exposing Satan's uh, tactics, how he gets in, how he tries to angle, how he ha tries to manipulate, how he tries to confuse. So he's exposing that for us so we can see that, all right? And he revealed to us how to overcome the times that the devil tempts us. That's by being in the Word every day. And that's why it's so important to be in God's Word every day, so that you can be prepared for Satan. Now, now we can talk about, and we will talk about your timing on that, but that's how we com compete or combat Satan's temptations. Temptation often hits us unexpectedly. Would you agree? It often slips up on us unexpectedly. It sneaks in or slips up on us when we aren't looking, and we, we're seldom thinking about reading the Bible at that particular moment. When we're studying the Word of God... Temptation is usually not there. It's when you get distracted, when you're, you're distracted from what you're studying or when, when you're not studying the Word at all or when you're doing something completely different. That's when he sneaks in with temptation, all right? We have at our disposal but the same spiritual resources that Jesus used when he faced and defeated Satan. So you think about it. The, the Son of God used the Word of God to defeat Satan. Now, he has given his people the Word of God. He's given his people the same word that he used to defeat Satan. So why would we not want to use the exact same thing, all right? We have at our disposal the same resources that Jesus used when he faced and defeated Satan. And here's, here's some things. Here's what we have, these four points that we definitely have. We have prayer, and we talk about the importance of prayer. Satan doesn't have prayer. We have prayer. That's something that Jesus had. Jesus demonstrated prayer. He showed us how to pray. He had prayer. We have prayer. We have the Father's love. We have unconditional love, the same love that God had for the Son and the Son has for us. He wants us to have that same love, just like the passage we looked at this morning. He wants us to have the same fellowship that he had. He wants us to be one and the same. We have the Father's love. We have the power of the who? The Holy Spirit. All right? We have the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ did not need the power of the Holy Spirit because he was equal to God the Father through that power. He was equal to the power of the Holy Spirit, but he gave us the Holy Spirit when he ascended to heaven so that we could have that same power. And then the fourth thing is the Word of God, the same Word of God that he used we have. That's the, that's the bread and butter of this whole scenario, all right? We have the Word of God. All right, 
We should be reading the Bible daily to be ready for any temptations that Satan places in front of us. Let's look at Psalm 119.9. It just says in this Psalm, Old Testament, How can a young man keep his way pure? How is it? By keeping your word. By following your word. By living your word. By keeping your word. By reading the word. By studying the word. By meditating on the word. That means to keep it. To keep it in my heart. To keep it close to me. All right? Number five. We're different today than we were yesterday. Would you agree? I'm going to tell you. I'm different today than I was yesterday. Y'all laughing, ain't you? Different today than where you... Let's just look a little bit further on that, all right? You might question whether that's not the case or not, but all of us change and grow in different ways each and every day. You know, every day is a little bit different, all right? And then we get to... You, look at your picture today. Compare it to what it was 20 years ago. Is it different? It was a gradual change, but is it different? Yes? I had more hair. Or you had less hair. And, you know, either, way, either way, it's different. We're different now because it's a gradual change. We don't see it as subtle, but we're different today than we were yesterday. That means that the teachings of the scriptures that you may not have caught your attention yesterday drive you to your knees today. You can read the same passage of scripture that you read yesterday. Yesterday, it just it really didn't resonate with you. It really didn't, didn't have a lot of kick to it, so to speak. You read it, and you said, oh, well, maybe I didn't understand or didn't understand it. You can read the same passage again today, studied a little bit different, and it just floors you. The Holy Spirit just brings it out, and there's a, a new life in it. It's different, so it's, it doesn't mean that it didn't mean anything yesterday. It just didn't resonate with you, and you didn't understand it as much as you did today, all right? The Spirit of God knows when he has your attention, and he knows when you have ears to hear. That's what the Bible says, all right? He knows when you're listening. He knows when you're paying attention. He knows when you're distracted. You know, it's one of the things that, that I like to, that I usually say right before the invitation. Man, let's tune everything else out. Let's try to get the distractions out of our mind because this particular time, we want to make sure that we're in tune with God. We're talking about him. It doesn't matter what we've got to do this afternoon. It doesn't matter what I'm going to cook when we leave here. It doesn't matter what we're going to do. It matters when we focus on God. He knows when you have ears to hear. And it says in the word, Matthew eleven fifteen, let anyone who has ears to do what? Listen. And if he's got ears, let him listen. And, and, the, and the power of the Holy Spirit knows when we're paying attention, and he knows when we're listening. All right? Number six. Daily reading is an indication of our love and independence on God. That's what spiritual disciplines are. When we have a discipline, a spiritual discipline, that's what it is. When we, when we, when we make it a point to have our quiet time in the morning, we make it a point that we're... Don't bother me during my time. This is what this is my time with the Lord. That's a discipline. That's a spiritual discipline. What this is is a cry for a relationship with God and our confession of our dependence on Him. We we seek Him. We need Him. We gotta have Him. There's no way around it. You think about it. You know, when you think about it in your life, are there certain things that you just got to have? Think of anything? I can't I can't go without that. I mean, think about it. You don't have to share it, but there's, there's certain things you just got to have. That's when you look at, that's when we look at the, the Word of God, all right? When we read the Word of God, we're saying, God, I love you enough that I want to hear from you every day. I love you enough that I want to hear from you every day. This is going to get personal now, all right? And I need you so much that I must hear from you every day. I love you so much I got to hear from you. 
I need you so much, I got to hear from you each and every day. Yeah, is, there any, is there anything that relates to that to you? Our hearts ought to desire to hear from God's Word each and every day. All right? The Word is our way to counter the ongoing voices of the world. Let's face it. It's hard to find a quiet place where we don't hear from the world's ways. I mean, you've got to turn everything off. You certainly can't have the TV going in the background when you're studying the Word of God. Amen? You just can't do that. All right? It's almost as if temptation stares us in the face the moment we wake up in the morning each and every day. Now... The best way to counter those voices is to let the word truly be. And look at this. Psalm 109, say it with me together. A lamp for my feet and a light for my path. Let's do that again together. Psalm 119, 109. A lamp for my feet and a light for my path. All right? We truly want the word of God to illuminate our path, our daily walk. All right? Our feet need the guidance each and every day. All right? Number eight. Reading the Word reminds us to keep our focuses on God and not on the devil. So you look at this, all right? From in the beginning, which is the very first words in the Bible, Genesis 1-1, to the last words in the Bible, which is, Amen, come Lord Jesus. Amen, come Lord Jesus. Man, there's a lot in between those two verses, or the two words, groups of words. But the Bible is a story about God the Father, and the hero is Jesus. And I put that on your thing. It's a story that, about God. It's a story about God's unconditional love. It's a story about the things of God. All the scripture points to the Son of God. But it's a story, and Jesus is the hero of the story. Now, when it's easy to let evil around us overwhelm us and convince us that the devil is winning, you know, because sometimes you think about it, and you think, I just can't get ahead. Every time I do it, you know, something falls flat on my face. I can't. It's always bad news that I'm hearing. I'm always dealing with sickness. I'm always dealing with certain things. And you always want to, the world tells you the devil's winning. You might as well just give in, all right? We need to turn our eyes back to God. Contrary to what the world might lead you to believe, the enemy is not winning, all right? Just let me tell you something. I've read the book. I've seen the ending, and the devil doesn't win. Amen? All right. Daily reading helps us keep our eyes on God and the one who is victorious. Number nine, reading the Bible on a daily basis points us to the things that really matter. This is number nine. The older we get, the more we realize how much we often are worried about things that amount to nothing. Y'all ever done that? Huh? (laughs) We're not supposed to worry. I understand that. We're concerned about things. But the older we get, the more we realize, man, I'm worried about things that amounted to nothing. In fact, most people would agree that some point in their lives, they focused on things that were temporary rather than the things that were internal. You think of in your own life. This is self-examination time, all right? At times in my life when I focused on things that were temporary versus things that are eternal, all right? We often need God to redirect us. When we get caught up in the distractions of the world. Now, God uses his word to redirect our focus on him. All right? Number five. Uh, number five. I'm starting over. <laughs> Go with me. Number ten. We're doing good. All right? It, here's one that, that's, that's a little delicate, and I'll be gentle with it, but let's just look at it together. And, again, you know, I tell you all every time, all these things that, that I, I speak to you and tell you, the questions I give you, I have asked myself these exact same things before I put them down on print, all right? If we truly love God, we'll want to hear from Him on an everyday basis, all right? Just as we long to hear from those important people in our lives every day, we should also long to hear from God on a daily basis, all right? So here's, here's something. 
when Patty goes out to Nebraska to visit the children without me. Y'all know how that makes me feel? <laughs> Miss Mary knows because she's commented on them a couple times. But you see, all right, so here's it. I long, I still long to hear from her on a daily basis. I mean, she's out there enjoying herself with my grandchildren, and I long to hear from her voice because of the companionship that we have. My day would be incomplete if I did not hear from her for an extended period of time. Would you not agree? She calls me just to check the box a lot of times. I, I need to call and check in on him, all right? But I've got to have that. You know, for me, I, I could not go 24 hours without hearing that, all right? All right, whether you are, uh, all right, anyhow. So I found out that, uh, I found out that my day runs completely different and smoother when I set time aside to be with God. No different than that. When I hear from God on a daily basis, I long to hear from him. But I have found that my day runs so much smoother and so much better and so much, and I would say easier, but easier to handle when I'm in contact with God on a daily basis. All right? All right, let's look a little further. All right. Whether or not you're an early riser, a morning person, or an afternoon reader, doesn't matter to me. This is where the, the self-plan comes into play because some people get up early. I mean, I, you, a lot of people seem to want to tell you, you know, I say at the, at the ordination last week, what's your Bible, what does your personal time look like? Well, I get up at 4.30 in the morning, you know, and I spend an hour in the Word from 4.30 because that's quiet, nobody else is up. I can't get up and study at 4.30. I can barely clear my eyes out at 4.30 in the morning. But the thing is, is some people can get up early. Some people are morning people. Some people are evening people. I like to study at different times of the day. But it doesn't matter what yourself, uh, your plan is as long as you do it. You simply need to develop a regular habit of being in God's Word and letting Him spend time with you and you spend time with Him. That's, that's the same thing for any relationship. If you want a relationship to grow, you've got to spend time in that relationship. Relationships don't grow unless you spend time in them. And, and when we talk about married people, you think about this. If you went home once a week to a marriage and then the other six days you didn't go home, how, how do you think that relationship would grow? And that's no different than if we go to church once a week, but we don't spend any time with God any other time, how do you think that relationship's going to grow? All right? All right, when we truly love someone... We miss them greatly when we don't spend time with them, all right? Now, if we truly love God, and I'm going to finish up with this. If we truly love God, we'll miss him when we don't spend time together with him. Amen? We want to do that, all right? Okay, any questions? Ten easy reasons why you need to read the Bible every day. You need to spend some time. And I'm not saying that it's got to be ten minutes. I'm not saying it's got to be thirty minutes. I'm saying that's a personal uh, your own personal time, you know, however you feel led to, to study the Word, to meditate on the Word, to be in the Word, to pray. You know, pick your time, pick your quiet time, set that aside. But I urge you to make it a commitment to be a regular thing to do every day, okay? Does anybody want to share theirs, how you do it? Anybody? Come on, y'all. Anybody want to share? Huh? 4.30? <laughs> 5. <laughs> Told you. 